Hello and welcome back to the Offensive Zone show. It is the 20th of December, or actually the 19th of December as we record this podcast, but obviously it's released on a Monday. And you'll be glad to know that I am not alone. I have I have a friend. I have somebody <laughs> with me. It's amazing. I don't have to talk to myself. I have one hockey hero with me. Uh, so hello, JP. How's it going, bud? You are not alone, Ian. Not alone. You are not no, alone. It's good. <laughs> I know. I, I would break into song, but yeah, probably going to stop the listeners pretty quick. So, I'd so like I to won't. Hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave the singing to you, mate. I'll leave that All to right. you. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, look. Obviously, we've had a bit of a weird week, hockey-wise, um, and we have got some stuff to cover. There's a few things that I wanted to pick up and pick your brains on, JP, from last week, um, but uh, there's been a couple of themes that have probably been taking over the NHL in a big way and to be fair have probably been taking over um most people's lives in a big way i don't know what it's like in the u.s and it'd be great to kind of get your insight into what the usa is like right now but i know in the uk we're going a bit omicron mental here and there's talk of lockdowns we're starting to see football games being postponed um you know there's talk of the premier league obviously the main football league in the uk um having a two-week shutdown. So um, the COVID crisis, as I called it, uh, and what an inventive name. I'm just so, so talented. Uh, is um, <laughs> We'll cover that, but we'll cover that after we do the news. But just quickly before we hop into the news, have you got any restrictions where you are right now, JP? No restrictions yet. I, th- I want to say the United States is maybe a, just a touch behind Europe, but it, it's very much in the conversation here and everybody's bracing themselves for it. I, I think I, you know, with, we'll get to it in a minute with the NHL, kind of what's going on. And I think we can all see that we're maybe headed back towards something like that, where they're going to have to sort of put some restrictions in place. It, it's starting to happen here too. I just think we might be maybe kind of a week, a couple of weeks to three weeks behind where you guys are in terms of the, the, the spread of that variant and all that. But no, it's absolutely, um, you know, everybody's talking about it. It's in the news. Um, at least here in Nevada, nothing officially has changed in terms of restrictions yet, but, um, I would not be surprised, uh, to see that sometime in the next few weeks. I think, yeah, it's obviously we're about to go through another little wave here, I think worldwide. So yeah, which is, uh, well, yeah, it's a lot. We'll cover it, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the sigh probably is the best way to sum it up because every time, like the, uh, um, you know, the Godfather, every time you think you're out, it oh. pulls you back in. So it's, it's um, it is yeah. annoying mm-hmm. to say the least. And I know that there's people that listen to this podcast that have been affected by it. We had our Absolutely. own. You know, hockey hero Max go down with it. So it's, yeah, it's not great. But uh, we'll cover it from a hockey perspective as best that we can uh, after the news. But I wanted to go to the news first. So uh, let me find our new little clip. Oh, we got a new can, clip. All right. We have, yeah. See if you can recognize, recognize the tune, JP. there you go so i thought why use why use that one when we've got a a, you know 
a song version, which is so much better. That's awesome. And so, and my voice is a little tired today, so I didn't even have to sing it. Now we have it immortalized. You just can, you got, you got me singing it at the touch of a button. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we don't even have to just play it for the news. Any, any time there's a pause, we could, we could just throw it in there. Next time you do it, I'll just harmonize with it. I'll just sing an extra, I'll sing an extra part. We can, we'll just build over time. We'll eventually have just a choir of me singing that tune. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, nice well played well played. there you go that's what happens when you have too many spare hours in the day that's what happens is <laughs> clips get made like that <laughs> i love it so we, we obviously started on a bit of a sober note but we do we have some like well i would say monumental things to talk about good and bad uh, let's start with the good because we started on a bad note already um we i probably should have talked about it on the uh the solo show last week <laughs> but i i completely forgot so and that is the the man, the myth, the legend, and I and I know that so many people who listen to this show who think this guy is a god uh, because he kind of is, uh, and that is Marc Andre Fleury getting to five hundred career wins, which is which is mental, uh, absolutely mental. Um, and just just to show how those wins are broken down, and this was purely because when I saw this stat, I thought this. This probably doesn't look that great from a Chicago perspective, but so of his 500 wins, they're broken down uh, like this. So 375 wins as a Pittsburgh Penguin, 117 wins as a Golden Knight, and eight wins as, as a Blackhawk. So Ooh, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. He would have crossed that threshold sooner, probably on another team this year. But uh, but yes, it's he made it. I'm not surprised. Not surprised he made it to 500 at all. No, no, I, I it's he is, you know, I, I know, I know we said this on Twitter, but he is Hall of Fame bound. Like, there is no, like, there's already a space Absolutely. there for his bust, right? It's, it's there. It's just, it's a case of when he retires and then when they put him in there. It's not if, um, but here's yeah. some, here's some oh, stats because yeah. you know that I love my stats. Um, so he's, <laughs> I'll start with this is this is the most accountanty of all of the stats I'm going to give you here. <laughs> so he played fifty two thousand one hundred and thirty seven minutes to get to his five hundred wins. Okay, so he had a goals against average of two point five five, which is actually a little higher than I was expecting to be honest. But in a safe percentage of nine thirteen, um, He's been an all-star four times in 2011, 2015, 2018, and 2019. Uh, and in his 901 at this point in time, I like to point out, so he's probably played a couple more games since, um, he had 69 shutouts. It's just a god, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hardcore. And it's um, obviously the, the Penguins had him before the Vegas had him, uh, but there's certainly the reaction in among the Vegas fan base was happy, but still had that twinge of sadness, right? Like people saying it should have been here, you know, he should have done it here. And there was kind of a bit of, there was a bit of that sort of echoing across social media, but, uh, but by and large, uh, everybody super happy for him. And, um, and, and he, you know, the kind of rough start to the season in Chicago, he's sort of eventually settled in, didn't he? Like he's been doing better, I think lately, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. I, I believe. Um, I yeah. don't want to talk about on the keyboard, but I believe that he his safe percentage now is is kind of in the nine hundreds, yeah. given it was he, in the eight hundreds. Sure. Excuse me, at the he's, beginning of the season. 
you just chalk that up to yeah. change a scene, you know, and Chicago was obviously rough start to this real rough start to the season. Mm. He's settling into a new place. I, I had a feeling he would eventually. And Chicago played like crap. Yeah. Let's be honest, yeah. Right? I had a feeling he would eventually find his groove. Big adjustment, right? But uh, mm-hmm. nah, he's still, he's still killing it. And you got to love Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, who doesn't love the guy? Seriously. Uh, he's just, he's like, there's just no, it doesn't, I, I just, you can't find anything to dislike about the guy. Yeah. No, he, yeah. he just seems like he's an absolute top bloke off the ice. Um, mm-hmm. He looks like he's a fantastic teammate. He's a great leader. Mm-hmm. He's a great player. Um, he's humble. Like, he's just, like, yeah. he's everything you want in this. Well, I tell you, and I know this. There's going to be like tears going into Golden Knights jerseys when I say this, but this is why he was their franchise player. Why he was the right person to choose to be the face of that franchise when it started. Obviously, nothing lasts forever, but when it started, he was the right person to be that face because you know he was something that every single person could get behind. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and yeah. his performances on the ice meant that it's not like it wasn't a casualty to have him as as the face of your franchise because he you know he won you games and and to be honest like um chicago now they they have been playing better it's not fantastic but they've been playing better under under king but one of the biggest differences when you look at the numbers is flurry like Mm -hmm. so even now it's harder to see it because of where chicago are in the standings but he is winning them games on his own yeah so he's still, which is what he does when he's dialed in. He absolutely steals games for teams, no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned, um, you know, whether he'll be winning eight games or, uh, you know, 16 or 32 for potentially another team. I know there's been some talk around if Chicago aren't in the playoff mix come, I was going to say January because I'm so used to the trade deadline being in February, but it's actually in March this year. So if we say February, if they're not in the playoff mix, could Flurry move to somebody else? What's your kind of feeling on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously he could really help somebody, like you know, a team that is going to the playoffs. As you Definitely. know, but I would think if that happened, I would think it would probably be more as a as a as a pure rental, right? Where he he goes and plays for the rest of the season and into the playoffs, right? Because after that, um, you seem you seem pretty confident. You you feel like he's going to retire. Um, and, and if that's still the case, then obviously it would only be as a rental, but I think at that point, yeah, he's the power is all in his, it's the, the ball's in his court at mm. the end of the season. And after this playoff run. So yeah. And even with his family, he could feasibly leave his family in Chicago and just be, you know, just spend a couple of months on the kind of on the road with his other team and then whatever playoff run. So I could see that potentially happening just cause in his mind, like if this is going to be it, right. If this is his last season, you, you would, th- I think he might be the kind of guy to be like, yeah, I'd like to go on another playoff run. You know, I'd like to see what I can do here rather than just calling it quits at the end of the season. But, um, but after that, if he's going to, if he, if he ever, if there's any possibility that he's going to sign another contract, all bets are off after that. Cause he could go anywhere. Right. I mean, so wherever he winds up, I think it would likely be a rental situation if he's not going to retire. And that's a big if, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, there is. I, there's a chance that he stays in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. even if he gets rented out somewhere else. Which, um, but he's yeah, it's a because I like I don't know like it would. Ha- I'd hate to see him retire because 
you see the way he's playing at the moment and you think you can still do it mark like there's no reason mm-hmm. for you to mm-hmm. kind of hang your skates up but yeah having Hard said say. that like it's he's a he is a big family guy it's one of the reasons why he's such a nice guy to kind of get behind because he just seems really genuine and yeah. i think like when he said that he had to speak to his family first before he took the you know before he decided on whether he was going to actually play for chicago for one season you know I, I honestly believe that that was that was his kind of um you know mind process was i want to speak to my family first because i know i'm uprooting them i know i'm affecting them so i, I could see maybe that being a factor in his decision whether he retires or not um but selfishly i don't want him to yeah he may be happy to right just keep playing hockey even mm-hmm. if it's in Chicago, even if it's not on a contender, he may be happy to keep playing hockey if he yeah, can keep his family in one place, right? Exactly. He's, he's got his three cups, like he's, you know, or, or two. How many cups did he win? I can't remember. Um, uh, but he's he's got a couple at least. Uh, so it's not like he's trying to cross that off the list, you know. Um, so yeah, you're right. You're right. He could make more sort of family based decisions going forward. But yeah, how many did he win now? Now, now that's bugging I, me. Yeah, you can two imagine. with he's, Pittsburgh, I think, or was it three? He, I it's so it was two with Pittsburgh. Okay, so it would only be two then. Yeah, because um, um, I think he. I know what. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Did they three Pete? I think it was oh, just two. God. Yeah, I oh, think I'm you're right. So that would only that would be it. Just two. We know he didn't win one with Vegas. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, for a lot <laughs> yeah. of players, like for instance, like Joe Thornton, right? Like he was holding on. He wanted to try to get that cup. Never won one, right? So you can mm. tell sometimes with players, the last couple of sort of one-year deals that they sign, they're just they really are hoping they can go all the way. You know, they're and Flurry won't have that hanging over his head. You know, he's gone all the way. So you're right. What motivates him might be a little bit different. You know, uh, yeah. So he uh, so he's won three cups. Oh, he has. With, oh, it is three. Okay, is three, right. yeah. So according, according to HockeyReference.com. Uh, quick shout out for them because that's who I'm staring at right now <laughs> as, as, as I'm getting no. stats. So he not won, a bad career, three Stanley Cups. Uh, so yeah, I forgot about that one. So he won in 2009 with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Then again, he won in 16, 17, which was the back to back, the back to backs. Yeah, and that's go. obviously when he then went to uh, to Vegas right after that. Um, yeah. Right after that. So, but yeah, I mean, the guy is unreal seriously yeah. unreal so yeah yeah love mark andre fleury what a, what a great player and seemingly a great guy you know yeah yeah and a, and a rare like he was first overall um in 2003 and that is rare you know like not many goalies get taken the first round that early and the mm. ones that do you know, you know they're pretty special, or you know they're going to be the sort of ones that come up as a quiz question in years to come because they mm-hmm. never amounted to anything. But um, yeah, he's yeah. a rare, he's a rare talent. I, uh, I have I've enjoyed watching him from the stands in the fortress many, many, many times. I've I remember I remember rising to my feet uh excitedly so many times when he would make some amazing save like he brought the arena to the, to its feet constantly <laughs> with his uh, miraculous work you know, there t- you're there are times you're just like how did he stop that you know like he's just that yeah. kind of electric player right so yeah yeah uh, good and for that's him what, that's what I mean. I, and i'm still seeing that in chicago and that's why i feel like it would be a shame for him to retire but oh he's still oh, got that yeah. no doubt yeah yeah he, he's got that mojo once he gets his groove like it's not gone no doubt he could certainly, I think he could probably play for, you know, a couple more years. You know, he might have to eventually 
play fewer games, right? I think mm-hmm. that's probably going to naturally be how it goes. But uh, he's showing he's still got the stuff, no doubt about it. Exactly, exactly. Um, so we did see some other changes, some other news uh, things that happened the last couple of well, last week, should I say? So um, this one caught me by surprise. Like I saw it, it was one of those news bits where I saw it pop up, and I thought. Now, is that real? Is that fake? So Paul Maurice, obviously head coach, uh, ex-head coach uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, stepped down. And it was so surprising, and maybe this is an insight into how cynical my brain is, but it was so surprising that I thought, you know, what did he do? So I then started looking, <laughs> like, what went wrong? Because I, I didn't see the Winnipeg Jets on this kind of, you know, self-destructive course. I didn't see the Winnipeg Jets in like a Vancouver or a, um, you know, a, a Montreal kind of position. So to see him resign was really surprising. And then when I saw his statement, like he actually resigned. This isn't a cover up and he was sacked or there's something kind of better, not more, nothing that's been released as we record. But, um, you know, his, his kind of press conference, he said, basically, he feels it's time, it's time for a different voice in the locker room and and that the players it's not that they're not listening to him but he kind of feels he's taken that team as far as he can take it uh, which is what a manager normally says before they resign and then appear somewhere else I might point out but still uh, maybe he won't do that but he's resigned from the Winnipeg Jets Um, Dave Lowry who is one of his assistants I believe has stepped in as interim head coach Uh, but yeah seven seasons with the Winnipeg Jets, Paul Maurice, and, and obviously he's got a he's got a very big list of achievements himself. Um, big surprise. It, yeah, and if if it does, if it turns out there's no no more to the story, like if it turns out he doesn't already have some other position lined up or something, like you mentioned, if it really is him just stepping down mm. um, because he feels he doesn't, you know, sort of have the locker room anymore. Um, a tremendous amount of respect. I have a tremendous amount of respect for that. Uh, and, um, very briefly I can share kind of some of my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, at one, at one time I owned a business and had, um, as many as 12 to 15 employees. And I experienced that this is just the way of things you, you, you only, when you're a leader, you really only have people for these days. There's a bit of a shelf life. There's kind of a set, it's a kind of a period of a few years that you can kind of get people to rally behind you when you're their leader. And, and I think with this generation, especially people grow, um, it, it feels stale, they grow discontent, they want something new, they start questioning. It's a natural human process. And so I think he's very smart to recognize that it's not even mm-hmm. about his coaching. It's about, it's the same guys. He's been there all this time and coaches, they do, they just lose the locker room eventually, no matter how well they do, it doesn't matter how good a coach they are. And it's, it doesn't always have to be because they're doing anything wrong. Right. It's just like, it's like he said, they need a new voice. So I a lot of respect to him for recognizing that and crazy for him to like give up his job based on that. But um, yeah, kind of, kind of refreshing in a way though. Right. Like he doesn't want that either. Clearly he doesn't want to be on a team where he feels like he's no longer, you know, maybe he doesn't connect with the guys the way he used to, like maybe he needs to change his scene too, but yeah, really interesting news. Right. Yeah. That's why I guess, you know, part of me feels like he's going to appear somewhere else. Maybe he yeah. won't, you know, maybe. He could be right. There, there could be more to this story. I do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. I, I guess 
it's you know these guys the head coaches uh, i know I've, I've seen enough kind of behind the scenes documentaries and against all, all sports not just hockey but i know that ice hockey is, uh, is 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 no different you know these guys like the players they have their lives uprooted you know their life is that like they're in crazy hours you know they're traveling with the team they're not seeing their families so i guess if your heart isn't in it and he's never going to say those words but if he doesn't feel that that you know that it's it's like you said if it's not working anymore then it's a brave but a sensible decision to step back so um absolutely yeah yeah, but a big change because I just didn't—I just didn't see it coming. It's one of those where it just kind of popped up on, on the kind of news feed, and I was like, "Ah, right, okay, what's yeah, going on it, here?" So. It was, yeah, it definitely wasn't on my radar. You didn't didn't hear any grumblings about that sort of thing. So, that that's the other thing that makes me think, yeah, it really is kind of coming from him. You know, he sort mm-hmm. of looked at the situation and said, you know. And who knows what other personal things are going on for him too, right? He might be like, I love exactly. coaching, but I want to coach in a place where, where I know I've got the team and, you know, where I know like the players are all engaged. And I mean, who knows what, you know, there's an, any number of things that can influence yeah. his decision, but, uh, yeah, it was not on my radar at all. So no, no, very interesting news for sure. Um, and talking of coaches, uh, you know, about coaching changes, they can obviously have good effects, um, because, I'm pretty certain that as I record, or as we record, they should I say, as I'm, I'm not alone today. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Bruce Boudreau is six and O oh with the Vancouver Canucks, which is just <laughs> mental. I mean, like right? Travis Green must be sat at home right now, going like, oh, I like, I wanted you to be good because I don't want to see the team suck." But Jesus Christ, did you have to go in on like a crazy win streak, Bruce? Because now you're making me look really crap. So. Um, yeah, and it's I just I like you you struggle not to like Bruce Boudreaux because he's just such a likable guy anyway. Um he always reminds me of like that like that funny fun uncle that like some you know, you'll have, you know totally. what I mean? Like it's just yeah, uh, he's like mannerisms Absolutely. and the way he acts and looks and everything. Yeah. Um but and then there was this footage of him like going on the ice as one of the first practices with Vancouver. And he, he just, he looks like I do, to be honest, on the ice. It's like Bambi on skates thing, uh, which right. is, is quite, quite comical. It is funny. Um, yeah. To see him on skates. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so, but you could just, uh, you can imagine him sat there talking to the team about fitness. And he said, again, Bruce, are you <laughs> you're preaching? But I'm not sure you're, you're following. But anyway, so, uh, but, hey, look, it's working. Six, six and O oh, and Vancouver look like, a totally different team, um, which it's is just nuts, isn't it? Nuts. nuts. I mean, it's it's. Totally uh, I expected that it would give them a little kick in the pants. Like I expected they'd probably play better, but yeah. I didn't expect six zero and zero. And I mean, okay, so clearly, like, there's going to be some tactical changes when a new coach comes in. But to me, go you know, going back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago. Mm. this is all psychology or largely psychology. This is about the emotional lift the team gets from a fresh face and from, you know, by all accounts, Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux is a, um, a real positive guy, you know, kind of a bit mm-hmm. of a player's coach. Um, yeah, it just flips a switch, right? It, a switch got flipped in the minds of the players and now they sort of believe and it's yeah. that, really thin thread that we were talking about and they've managed to get on the other side of that for now, which is, it's impressive. And now whether or not they can crawl back in 
you know, it's not too late, but boy, they'd have to go on a heck of a run, but they're, they're doing it right now, aren't they? Yeah. Man, if they keep winning like this, you know, they may, may not be too late to squeeze into the playoffs, but uh, not, not the way the, uh, you know, the Pacific division is. I think they've yeah, got a good chance. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, There's, I want to you know, know if that guy who threw his jersey in the ice, whether he's asked for it, you know, asked for it back now, like whether he's gone <laughs> right, to the team right. and said, guys, like, you know, when you throw the caps in, it goes into that bucket. Can I, can I get my jersey back now? <laughs> like, so, yeah, or whether yeah, he's had exactly. to go buy another one, I don't know, but uh, anyway, right. I'm, sure, I'm sure his tune has changed, but mm. uh, yeah, to me, what I see is a, is a big time psychological lift because it's the same players. You know, maybe some tactical changes. I haven't watched yeah. closely enough to know there there's obviously he's going to, maybe he might tweak some systems, but it takes a little time to do that. So he didn't just come in and all of a sudden they're playing totally different systems. You mm-hmm. know, I bet his first game, he didn't tweak much at all. So uh, a lot of that is wow. just, it's all in the mind. It know? is. It is. man. And yeah, you're the 20 guys that would have been dressed you know, every night under green that are being now dressed under Boudreau, like, you know, yeah. m- maybe he changed one or two guys. I don't, I don't know the lines, so mm-hmm. I can't comment on that, but, but it wouldn't be dramatic. Uh, he, yeah. Like, you know, Elias Pedersen is, is there. <laughs> Brock Besser yeah. is still there. Yeah. You know, they're, it's the same team. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, great to see. So it's, you know, I, I don't particularly want Vancouver to go and win the Stanley cup for obvious reasons, being a Seattle fan, but I also don't like seeing wasted, kind of talent and that's what it felt like this season when you had a team like vancouver who are, were better than they should have been on paper so yeah yeah um, absolutely yeah they're, they're, they're now they're clearly like more playing to their potential you, you, yeah, you need to see a good roster not mm. show what it can do yeah mm. Uh, interesting. Uh, there was a, a someone posted a. Well, I say it's a stat. It's not really a stat, but a, a picture, uh, and four Canadian teams, right? Uh, and all four of them have had jerseys thrown on the ice. So it was Toronto, Vancouver, um, Montreal, and one other. Who's going to do my head in? Who that other one is? But um, it was like the only teams in the NHL that have had jerseys thrown on the ice are Canadian teams. I just thought it was quite, going, quite yeah. interesting. <laughs> going Given what we were talking about, how passionate they are exactly and how, Absolutely. like, yeah. you know, that they, they will, you know, they it's like it's not just a sport to them. It's a religion and, you know, like all that sort yeah. of stuff. So, but anyway. You can see that, yeah. So uh, there we go. Um, so that was the two nice bits. So moving to something which I don't know if you saw it. So if you didn't see it, then I'll, I will happily go through it. Um, but there was, and I don't, we, we don't normally talk about this sort of stuff on this podcast, but this is one of those moments, a bit like the Conor McDavid goal, but in a bad sense, um, where it was something that I just felt was worth mentioning. And that was the Tanner Kiro uh, hit. So it wasn't him, Oof. it was him that was hit um, yeah. by Connolly last night, I believe, in the Chicago Dallas game. Um, yeah, that was hard now, to watch. Like, and I said this about the the hit on, uh, well, it was a Chicago player getting hit the last last week. Like, I I'm all for hitting in the game. I'm all for the physical aspect of the game. You know, when a guy is in the center of the ice and he's got his head down and he's on the puck and he gets absolutely slammed, I will be the first person to be sat there saying should have had his head up. You know, and so. I'm not suggesting for one minute 
that you know that it's this is you know the hitting should be taken out of the game or anything to do with that but this hit and for those of you that haven't seen it just just go on youtube and put in uh tana kiro so i'm gonna try and get make sure i get his name right k-e-r-o uh injury or hit doesn't matter which way you put it in it'll come up with it and watch the long version of it so don't when you watch it in real time in the camera angle that the nhl uses so they're kind of up and to the side of the rink it doesn't it looks like a big hit because you can see that hero is is already out sparked out before he hits the ice which is always the scariest of hits because they look they, they hit the ice almost lifeless right which is awful um but when you watch it in slow-mo, and I know things look worse in slow-mo, but it isn't the hit that looks worse in slow-mo. What looks worse in slow-mo is the fact you realize that the puck was nowhere near him. Like, it was absolutely... Not. So, I don't know who the Dallas Stars defender is who clears the puck, but it actually skids up the boards. It may even get as high as the glass as it goes past Kiro, and then he gets sparked out by Connolly. It's nowhere near Having that, he has no possession of the puck at that point. That for me, that isn't a hit. That's just dirty, and it's not even. It's just dirty. It's dangerous, seriously dangerous. I mean, Radulov apparently had to go over, move his stick out of his hand, and then move his tongue so he didn't swallow his own tongue. I mean, like the danger, the the, the level of danger that gets increased when you've got players that are not only just concussed but actually knocked out cold on the ice, or even before they hit the ice. In this in this instance, you know, it's. The Department of Player Safety needs to address this because we've had two or three of these now this season already, and we're supposed to be clamping down on this. And for me, you know, and I'll have to bleep this out later, that's just utter bullshit. There is no way that we're clamping down on anything right now because it's get, like 7K fines are clearly not going to work, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know what yeah it, does, on, it does seem like the every time I hear the, the sort of the penalties, you know, you do these amounts of money are not big motivators for a lot of these players. Right. So yeah, it's like that whole um, punishment fit the crime kind of thing. Does the punishment really fit the crime? You know, yeah. I feel yeah. like the suspensions, you know, the, the players that hurts players more for sure, like long suspensions. Cause they don't get paid for that time. They don't get to play They're, You know, yeah. uh, I just read while you were talking, he's definitely having a hearing. Um, that's kind of come out today that he's you know, not surprised by that. Of course, he's going to have a hearing with player safety, but uh, the dopes. Yeah, that was hard to watch. That was definitely um, and traumatic, right? Traumatic for the viewers. But, you know, Pavelski was Joe Pavelski was cry, kind of crying. He was sort of in tears during this post game I mean? interview. Yeah, because that those sorts of things are very traumatic to see, especially up close when it's someone, you know, mm hmm. You know, like it's very scary, right? The guy hits the ice. You don't know what's going on. You know, those guys are thinking like, is he dead? Like, is, is he okay? Like, it's a hard thing to watch, you know? And um, yeah, it was hard to watch from, a mil you know, from hundreds of miles away on television. So I can't imagine being right there, you know? But yeah. uh, And so he is conscious and it sounds like they said as of last night, he was conscious and stable. So I, I'm, sounds like he's going to be okay, but I'm sure he's got a heck of a concussion at the bare minimum. Two in two weeks though. You know, it's 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 a yeah. it's a dangerous it's trend bad. which is coming in, and you know sometimes these things happen, and sometimes players with the best of intentions, um, you know, especially when there's height differences between players, 
can go in for a hit where they are, they, you know, where they probably you know, hooked up to a lie detector would not even move the needle when they say I was aiming for his shoulder, but I caught him in the head because he ducked or because, you know, I, I didn't gauge it right or whatever. But for me, that hit is, is, it's just dirty. There's no other word for it. It's just dirty. It's, it's, there's, there's no, he, he doesn't even have the puck. And yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I think you have to make example of of the players that do this because somebody is going to have their career ended by people have already had their career ended by this sort of stuff. I know that um, you know concussions has already taken too many good players from our league, but somebody is like there's going to something serious will happen if they don't stamp down on this. And the only way you can stamp down it, and you said exactly the right thing, JP, and that is if you're not going to have a penalty system which is going to be significant enough to make people think twice, then take them out. Take them out of the games, give them longer suspensions, make mm-hmm. the team suffer, and right. then they'll be more inclined for coaches to turn around to someone like Connolly and say, don't ever do that again on the ice wearing that jersey because if you're going to risk you not being here for 15 games, I'm not going to play you in the first place. You know that It needs to be that level of seriousness about it because these... You know, that hit last night, as I said, it's if you haven't seen it, watch it. But like it's it's not good viewing, put it that way. It's tough yeah. to watch. Yeah, it was definitely uh, I wasn't watching it live. Um I did catch a little bit of that game later after the you know, after the hit happened. But um mm-hmm. but of course they were talking about it and playing the replays and I saw Pavelski's interview afterwards and um mm-hmm. But yeah, just shocking. The first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's that's just terrible." There, um, and uh, I mean, per- looking at it, pretty clear, right? So- sometimes there's those hits where you're like, "Well, that's borderline." It's hard exactly. to say what the player's yeah. intentions were. This one's maybe a little more clear, like that. Maybe there was a little bit of malice there, or maybe malice isn't the right word, but right, like little bit of anger kind of like i'm just gonna i'm gonna nail this guy it's kind of how it felt watching it and that's the kind of thing that we need to get rid of right like or or there have to be severe punishments for it you know yep yeah i totally agree um so we'll change the pace up because uh, otherwise people go man this is a, it's a really depressing episode of the offensive <laughs> zone <laughs> so yep. somebody got paid uh, and that person was robbie fabry who signed a three-year deal to stay in detroit formerly an AAV, um, not a massive deal, but it's one of those ones where you can kind of see, and we were talking about in our previous podcast, JP, you can start to see Detroit now are starting to build kind of their new brand, their new look, their new team, um, and it's all kind of starting to fit into place, which has got to be nice for Detroit fans. So Robbie Fabry getting paid. Um, and there's one last thing I wanted to do, because I do want to talk about COVID, um, and we, always, we were talking about this pre-recording, the fact that we can never, we always say we're going to try and keep it to half an hour and then we just blitz it, um, which is what we're doing here. But it's fine. <laughs> we have it's a fine. lot to say. I mean, what can you say? Yeah. We, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that is, we, we, so we have a new uh, feature, which hopefully will last a couple of weeks, but uh, uh, I'll let you know the name once we've played the jingle. Oh, yeah, it's not done yet. Still not done. Wait. 
There we go. So wow, uh, that's intense, <laughs> man. I, I love know. It. It, you think it's going to be done, and then it goes duh. So it keeps yeah, just, so, keeps, just the hits keep coming. Just no, keeps I love going. it. It's got a very late seventies, early eighties vibe. And this this is the new uh, the Evander Kane game. So where we're gonna we're gonna work out where Evander Kane is actually going because it's pretty clear unless he's already been traded. And if so, I wasted the time finding that jingle. <laughs> so hopefully he hasn't. <laughs> uh, but we know that he's not staying with San Jose. He's already been sent down to the uh, Barracudas, uh, and it's so tempting to use the song. But I'll get sued, so we're not going to. <laughs> um, but just imagine that Barracuda was playing in the background right now. Um, but he obviously is not staying with the Sharks. Um, he's been through some troubles. We've talked about those on the show already. But there are lots and lots of teams that are apparently interested. So we on the show when I was on my own, um, and I'm going to keep mentioning that just just, just make feel people feel sorry for me. Um, these are the teams at the time that were interested apparently in Evander Kane, uh, and that was the Bruins, the Penguins, Detroit Predators, the Leafs, and Dallas. But since then, since then, apparently we have two other teams that are interested in uh, Evander Kane. And one of those is Vegas, which I thought that's got to be rumor mill spinning there. Um, but like, he obviously isn't going to stay at San Jose. He does have value. I mean, this is a guy who for the last, ignore last season because he wasn't there, but the seasons beforehand, you know, he has scored 22 goals, 26 goals, 30 goals, you know. Um, he's a goal scorer. There's no doubting that. Uh, like, have you heard anything for the grapevine about him and Vegas? Is that a possibility or is, do you think that's just rumor mill? I mean, I'll be honest. That's the first I've heard of it. Um, I have not kept as my ear to the ground on, on news quite as much the last few days, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, just with what I know about the organization, I have a hard time envisioning that being true. That mm-hmm. being said, you know, it's, I'm not inside management, so I, who knows, but, they're big on locker room in Vegas and, um, which you think would kill it to be honest. I just, yeah, I think that would be a deal breaker. If I, if somebody were to ask me to put my money on it, I would put my money on that management is not willing to bark up that tree. There's just too much trouble following the player, but, um, uh, you know, it's hard to say for sure. I mean, you ne- never say never, <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> that, that, you know, I'm constantly surprised, but, uh, and, you know, I also do think that the uh, front offices do kick tires on any players that are available. Like it's not to say that they might not make a call, you know, just to explore, to see like, what's the situation where it, you know, maybe if they could get him for a steal or something, I could see them maybe doing sort of a trial thing and, you know, mm-hmm or maybe a rental, right? Like a rental situation for playoffs or something. But uh, my instinct is that they would want to steer clear of Evander Kane just because of, of you know, his kind of personality and and um, sort of the known issues that sort of follow him around. But um, they may make me look stupid. You know, who knows? <laughs> no, no I, I, I don't see it being Vegas. Um, yeah. yeah. I think, I don't think you could get it to work, to be honest. I think cap-wise... Like the maximum that San Jose can take themselves is fifty percent. Obviously, they could take cap back, um, but knowing what how the uh, Vegas teams, you know, is is built, like 
the only way you're giving cap back is if you give up somebody you don't really want to give up because there's nobody on your roster right now, especially with injuries and stuff, who is an obvious kind of standout for um, you know for for being sent the other way as part of some sort of cap dump. Um, yeah. And exactly. Evander Kane's contract, by the way, this is, this is why it's going to be fun to see how the Evander Kane game plays out. But he's 30 years old. Uh, he comes with uh, a whole host of baggage, uh, unfortunately. And I'm not suggesting that some of it is not of his own doing or he's unlucky. But the reality is he comes more... You know, he comes with more baggage than uh, than you get on you know your airplane allowance. But he, he's got <laughs> four... Including this year, he's got four years left. So which means after this year... You've got three years left of a five point eight seven five million pound cap hit, um, and I believe that may even be a smaller percentage. Yeah, so it's seven million AAV. Yeah, uh, is his cap hit for three more years after this year? So even if the Sharks, Vegas doesn't have room for him. I mean, they you know they're no. going to have to move a move at least one major player before once Eichel gets healthy. So there's, sure. you know, they don't yeah. have room to even bring in somebody new. They're, like you said, they're going to be looking to move somebody to make room for Eichel's cap hit. So, um, so that's, yeah, yeah that's another factor that makes it highly unlikely in my opinion, but mm. uh, you know, never say never, I guess. Yep. So we'll, we'll be keeping our eyes on Evander Kane and see where he ends up. So we'll, uh, absolutely fascinating story for sure. We'll have to take some bets. I think between the four of us, we'll have to have <laughs> some sort of sweepstake going as to, as to where we think he'll end up. So, um, but there we go. So that is our news, and I won't I won't embarrass you by playing the jingle again. We'll, we'll save. We'll save <laughs> I might have it. a hard time singing that one too. So. So. <laughs> but we've got so we've got one last thing we want to talk about. We could cover this as news, um, but it's I feel like it's a bigger topic than news. And look, this isn't one we're not going to be giving. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna this is this is the offensive zone disclaimer at the beginning of this uh, of this section um, because. COVID-19 obviously has affected lots of stuff. I know, breaking news, Ian. Wow. Um, But it's also a very emotional subject for people because while somebody who maybe has had a family who have not been affected by it may see it in one way, somebody who's had loved ones or people they know and care about um, affected or potentially worse uh, by it, it's going to be a very different matter. So what I don't want to talk about on the podcast today and what is, and what I want to be clear on to listeners is when we're talking about here is the league's approach to COVID. So I'm not talking about whether people should be vaccinated or not. People know my thoughts on that, but that's not relevant to this subject. We're not, when we're talking about COVID, we're not saying, you know, that people shouldn't look at it or care about it or that it doesn't matter and all those sorts of things. But what I wanted to talk about today, and this is why it's a difficult subject, is we we talked about this right at the beginning of the season about how good it felt to be doing an 82-game season. You know, there was hope, that, and not just in terms of hockey, in the world there was hope that we had got over this and the vaccinations were going to be the lifeline. And, you know, to be fair, we were probably kidding ourselves a little bit because we know how flu works, we know how variants work that's why you know in the uk every year we have flu jabs that's not something new um but we have started to see now it start to creep back in uh, and in a different way to the way that it crept in the first time 
because the first time when we went into lockdown, when we had the you know the postseason, the bubble, excuse me, and we had um, the shortened season last year, players, teams, league was all pretty much in alignment over everything. Whereas now what you're starting to see is players, teams, and league on different pages uh, and quite vocal about being on different pages. So we've obviously seen quite a few teams that have been shut down. Um, one of the reasons why Seattle aren't playing today is because the Calgary Flames obviously are shut down for a period of time. We've also had, if I can find my list, um, the Bruins and the Predators uh, were the, the latest two teams to have their game shut down. The Avs have been affected by it. So it's affected so many teams in the league already. We've got Canadian teams playing in you know 50% arenas, I think, I don't know where we could do with Max on here, but I'm pretty certain that Montreal played in front of nobody the other week again. Um, and we all know how much that sucks. But then you've also got the knock-on effect of the Olympics and the fact that they've said that if you're caught, anyway, if you're caught, <laughs> if, you're, if you're caught, if you're going to be running away with it, but if you are, if you test positive while you're there, then you have to um, isolate until you have a, a, a clean test and I think it's a period of three to five weeks so now it looks like the Olympics from a hockey perspective is massively in jeopardy um, you've got the NHL PA which is apparently pissed off about the way in which it's being done um, they think that the testing and the protocol measures are too strong and too aggressive which is why teams are getting shut down um, it just feels like that kind of snowball at the beginning of the hill and we're kind of halfway down right now and you're starting to see it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I just, you know, open to your thoughts, JP, but I don't know what the league can do differently, but I also feel like this is different than last time. You know, this is that we, we we know the league is vaccinated. We know that the likelihood of somebody who contracts COVID, the likelihood of them becoming seriously ill is obviously massively reduced. It's just, it's a real tough balance to how you keep the sport going and also protect the, you know, the employees essentially and the players. Yeah. Yeah. It's really complicated. And, um, I, my instinct is that we're headed towards another pause. I think that's probably going to, I think we're probably going to, that's coming. I, mm -hmm. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen sometime in the next week or week and a half that that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I don't know that it will be like last time. I don't know that it last time that we didn't know much last time the world was working with very little information and, um, it was a long pause and the whole world was sort of locked down. And mm -hmm. if they pause this time, I don't know that it will be quite like that. You know, now we have vaccines, we have more knowledge. We think it'll be a shorter pause, but I would not be surprised uh, to see that happen. But you're right. It's so complicated. It's, it's an incredibly complicated situation in terms of, um, yeah, like what's the safest way to do this? How do we balance mm. continuing the careers and lifeblood of all these people, not just the players, but every, all the staff, everybody that has jobs based around this you know, around professional hockey, like how do we keep everybody's careers going and keep the money flowing? 
um, but protect everybody's safety at the same time. And that's why I'm kind of wondering if they may do just like a pause for a couple of weeks kind of thing and let it sort of blow over and then come back with stricter policies in place again. You know, it's complicated too, because of the arenas, right? So you have, you have fans in the stands who, who are also capable of transmitting, right? Um, so I think that's another issue. Like the play, you assume the players are giving it to each other, but they're also in an arena full of uh, people. So it's immensely complicated. It kind of makes my mind melt a little bit sometimes when I think about it. Like, how do you deal with something like this? You know, it's, it's, uh, there's no easy answer. I know. And, and you're right. I mean, look, it's an airborne transmitted virus, the right. Omicron variant. And I, I don't know how many cases you guys have in the US or even if you have any cases. Yeah. We, we do. It's here. It's here, but it's, um, it's just starting to spread here. It's not like it is um, overseas just yet, but it will mm. be soon, no doubt. Yeah, and it's, I mean, there's good news, bad news with Omicron. I mean, the, the bad news is that it transmits quicker and faster and, and via, obviously, airborne, the same as the rest, but it's it's more um, easily caught. Like a, It is more like a flu in the sense of it's, it's, it's the way in which, how of the ease of, uh, of transmission. Um but it is lighter in terms of its effects. But as we know, you know, but this, that's not, the algorithm's not as simple as that. The algorithm, it takes into account you as a person, your health, you know, factor, all these other factors. So it's really tough. And I think, you know, you, you said something a second ago, which I, uh, you know, I think is a really great point, which is we're focusing massively on players, but, you know, the cleaner, um, the, you know, the guy who drops the, the meals off for the cafeteria, anybody could be the person who kickstarts this. This is why this virus is such a, and I'll have to bleep myself again, but it's such a bastard because it's airborne, which means that it can be anybody and anything who, who brings it in. So my concern with a two week shutdown would be if you shut it down for two weeks, what changes? Yeah, it's the same when you come back. You yeah. just like, yeah, okay, yes, you would quote unquote. I think the one of the words was used was "we'll get it under control." Um, and the cynic in me hears that and goes, "Yeah, but we've been at this for two years now. If we were going to get it under control, I kind of feel like we should have done by now." So, for me, I feel like we're going. It's going to flare. It's going to come down. It's going to flare. It's going to come down. Um, I'm not sure. And it's easy to sit here and criticize the league when I'm not offering up a lot of solutions, but I just don't think that the two week shutdown would do what they wanted to do. It would take the heat off. I get that. Yeah. Well, take the heat off while they make up their mind on how they're going to tackle this going forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that's, and that's why I, I th- I'm with you on, I, I see them doing it. I, I know I, I passionately do not want them to do this because I've, I fear that, the hope from Bettman's side, good old Gary B, is um, that he's going to use this Olympic window to kind of catch up. Uh, and I'm like sat there saying, mm. it's like a Matrix-style deja vu where I'm thinking, Gary, I've heard this before. <laughs> and last yeah. time you said that, we did right. not catch up. Um, so I just I just don't, you know, it, we, I, I think personally the way to get around this um is to look at a longer term, like almost like a, a a layering of measures. So 
like the worst measure would be to reintroduce bubbles back, but they would have to be divisional bubbles because what you can't do now is change the divisions because it doesn't work. What you can't do now is put all the Canadian teams together again because it doesn't work because it's too late. Like the divisional system is yeah. like that worked last time because we started with it. It doesn't work now because we're already going. Right. Um, so you have to keep it going. I, yeah, I guess it just becomes, it becomes really complicated. And I, I feel for all of the leagues, not just the NHL, but the NBA and uh, the, you know, I, mean, I don't, know if, don't even know if the MLS is still playing, but the, all the leagues in the US, which have the US Canada mix, because let's be honest, that's what makes it really tricky because the league can do whatever they like. But if Canada shuts their borders, you're screwed. You know, it's as simple as that. I, you know, and I don't want to go too deep into it because, like you said, people are very polarized on how they feel about this. But regardless of of anyone's personal feelings on COVID and whether it's dangerous or not, and some people think it's not a big deal, some people think it is. I think probably where we're going to see some relief from this, not just with the league, but worldwide. Um, you know, there's there's um, treatments that are being sort of pushed to market treatments for once you do contract it. Yes. Um, I think that's probably what's, if they, if that can happen, it will be getting to the point where COVID is not such a health threat. That's probably the, the point where the globe will start to see some relief in the sort of mass hysteria over the whole thing. And since we're not there yet though, right, we don't have sort of a proven treatment for it just yet. Um, but I think until then, it's probably just going to be round and round like this. You know, that's mm -hmm. just what it feels like, right? It's just going to be another variant and more, you know, sort of more flare ups or waves of this thing. Mm. Um, you know, once they get to the point where, where there are treatments, um, where people are treated effectively and it's, it's, you know, oh, it's people don't die from it that often. Like then the psychology around it will change and it will begin to be treated maybe like a flu or a cold or you know, people will see it more like that, but we're not there yet <laughs> by any means. And that's a, that's a big no. if too, right? We don't know for sure, but, uh, and regardless of whether you, you know, some people think that, that it's all just BS, um, whether you think that or not, this is the global psychology about it. And until the global psychology says, you know, we can prove that, okay, this is not the kind of thing that people die from that much anymore. You know, then I think minds will ease over it. But right now we're nowhere near that. So it's, yeah, we're, this is what we've, we're stuck with. And, um, and like you said, Omicron is much more contagious supposedly. So I think that's why it's so fast happening so fast. I couldn't believe how quick it happened. You know, just a few days, all of a sudden they're canceling games right and left, you know? Well, and you know, I mean, I know from the UK, we've seen groups of say like one person in a group of 20 will all go out together one person has it, don't realize they've got it, of course. Um, and unlike before, where maybe one other person would get it, two other people would get it, now you are coming back in a group of 20 and like 18 of them have got it. Right. So it, it definitely yeah. transmits a lot quicker. Absolutely. Um, I just, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that science is obviously going to be the savior here. Um, the herd immunity thing is fine, but I, I just... You know, it's yeah. there's a you know, there's so, so many other aspects to it. It's never that uh, simple, but um, it's just exhausting, isn't it? It's just the whole thing is just. I'd so... love to get your thought on the Olympics. Just kind of one final thought on the COVID piece, but 
the Olympics was a when they said when the league said that they were going to let the players go. Um, and obviously, look, the league is not at fault for anything that I'm about to say now because they had no idea that all this was going to happen again. But um, when they said the players could go, there was this kind of massive like rejoicing where players were saying, man, I can go and represent my country. This is exactly what I wanted to do. You know, Crosby's, Ovechkin's, blah, blah, blah. And it's what we want to see as fans. Like if we're going to see a Olympics where it's, Russia taking on Sweden or taking on the US or Canada. You want it to be the best lineup possible. You don't want it to be, you know, the Canadian kind of B or C team because the rest have been told they can't go. But now I just, from what everything I've read, um, you know, and I'm not talking to players that have got no inside track here, but everything that I've read and that everything the NHL PA has said, um, makes me feel now that I don't know how many players are going to risk it. I really don't. Yeah. They're not, they're not digging the idea as much as they were before. That's clear. It's, Mm. it's one, especially um, just as a, for instance, you know, Robin Leonard uh, during one of his post game press conferences just came out and said it. He says, I'm not going to the Olympics, you know? And he explained why he said, um, you know, talk to my psychiatrist about it or my psychologist. I don't know. I mean, he may have said doctor, but, you know, talk to my therapist about it basically. And, you know, we have decided that for my own mental health, um, it wouldn't be a good idea just because of the quarantine policies and procedures, uh, while, while they're over there, which, Hey, this is the world we live in. I get it. I get that this is for safety. This is, these are things that we need to do. However, mm-hmm for a lot of the players now that they're hearing what it's going to be like to be over there to play and sort of the isolation that they're going to have to undergo while they're there. A lot of them are like, that doesn't sound good to me to go over there and do that for three, four five weeks or however long. Right. I guess it depends on how deep you go in a tournament. Right. But, um, uh, and Leonard was one of the first ones to just come out, you know, and obviously his position is a little bit unique with, with some of his mental health struggles that he's very open about, but, um, but he just said, I'm not going, you know, that's it. I've decided I'm not going. And I think a lot of other players, it's not a very attractive proposition right now for them. And I do think there are going to be a lot of players that, that are going to maybe opt out for that reason. And that's not a mark on China by any means. Like I'm not, it's, they're doing the, they're doing the same thing. The rest of us are trying to do. They're trying to protect the public health. <laughs> so I get it, but it's just an unfortunate reality right now, isn't it? This is this is the world we live in. And you can tell a lot of the players are thinking maybe it might be better to stay home. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens here. I it's very hard to predict, and a lot could change over the next month or two as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, mate. And uh and it's changing quick. I mean, I can say very that fast. For, for, you know, from the way it is in the UK. You know, we've gone from politicians and gotta love those guys uh saying um especially like in the uk right now we've got some classic politicians so yeah um right. you guys had trump we feel like we've got like nine different trumps it's uh <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man chaos it's just a circus um, all but, of it isn't it all the all the politics on both sides it's just a big circus you know? oh yeah yeah and i'll get up one day and i'll say look we, we, we're not going to be introducing any other measures and then the next week you're like yeah you know we said that well actually we are um right. so it's uh all changing pretty quick um yeah but hey look it will we will keep it going I, I, you're right about lena though 
I'm pretty certain that I uh, the NHLPA was asked. Uh, I was at the Board of Governors meetings, I think, after it had been announced about the measures, and the quote was that the uh, Olympics measures were, you know, as bad as it could have been in terms of how strict they are. And you, you know, you're right in terms of what China are doing. It's with the best of intentions, but I just think it's a game changer for for players. So, yeah, we'll absolutely. see where that goes, and we'll keep our eyes. Uh, open and our ears to the ground as to as to where the Olympics. It would be it would be a shame. It would be a real shame because, as I said, I think you know we've had a couple of years now where we felt like it was going to be the turning point, and it just hasn't been. So, yeah, let's hope it is. What a Merry Christmas episode this is, <laughs> hey? So uh, luckily this isn't being released on Christmas yet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we so we have some cool stuff lined up. Uh, so whether hockey shuts down or not, we do have some other stuff lined up, which is which is fine. So we'll still be here. Um, and we don't need to self-isolate because we're not in the same room as each other anyway. So me, you, JB, we can self-isolate quite happily and still do a podcast. So Absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Uh, but we obviously, those of you that uh, that uh, celebrate Christmas will know that Christmas is uh, next Saturday. And for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas, you probably know it's next Saturday anyway because you can't move for Advent calendars. But um, that means that we're not going to be recording an episode next uh, Sunday because it's Boxing Day, and we'll probably be too full of turkey and pigs in blankets and all that other stuff to to move, let alone speak. Um, so. We are going to be recording one in the week, which we will be releasing on Monday. So there will be a podcast release next Monday, as always, uh, and it's a special episode. So we're going to be having a interview with a guy called Gordon. I'm not going to give too much away now, otherwise I'll steal his thunder. But um, the short version is that he's a Seattle Kraken fan. Um, he's a fellow Brit, so... That's good. Although we don't sound alike, because I could guarantee you the, that this is not a Scottish accent. Um, and uh, and we're go- we're going to be talking to him about the Kraken, um, the expansion draft, the team's performances to date, which I've nicely avoided for this podcast because they've been crap. Um, and, uh, and we're going to talk about the Climate Pledge Arena and really get into the depths of what. Um, and yes, that was intended. Uh, what's the arena feels like what does the atmosphere feel like in and outside the uh, in and outside the ground so i'm really looking forward to doing that this week and catching up with him uh, and that will be the episode that will be released on the 27th of december so that's something to look forward to and we're trying not to talk about covid so you know you absolutely. can have at least one covid free day absolutely <laughs> <So>. yeah <laughs> an yeah. escape from it from the madness yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and we've got some pretty cool stuff lined up for January as well, so I will tell you all about that uh, in 2022, which, my God, that feels weird saying that. So I have one last jingle, by the way, to use uh, because it is technically, although it's not the Christmas episode, but because the other, the not the actual Christmas episode is going to come out after Christmas, I had to do it on this one. Let's see if it works, shall we? Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. There you go. So <laughs> I'll probably get sued just for using that. But anyway, ah, I think we'll be we'll try right. and dodge the lawyers. I'm sure that was only 10 seconds or something. So 
<laughs> but there you go. I, 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 I know it's not hockey related, but JP, you all are you all sorted for Christmas? Is everything ready or pretty much? Pretty much. Couple couple little odds and ends, but uh, yeah, shopping's done, and mm-hmm. uh, at this point, just a couple little last minute plans for you know Christmas dinner and that kind of thing. So, but was <laughs> paranoid this year with shipping delays and sort of some of the oh, man. Uh, availability availability issues, mm-hmm. you know, with products and stuff. So, got the Christmas shopping done early this year, just because I knew um, if you wait too late, there's just gonna be a lot of things you can't get in time. So. Uh, and this is one of those times of year where the stark differences between myself and my wife become very clear um, <laughs> because she is so organized, right. um, like almost like frustratingly so organized. In comparison to me, um, I'm like, a, I'll get it done in time guy, but um, yeah, like she, yeah. I think she pretty much bought all the presents by like July 15th or something. So she was, so, way uh, she was like, wait. so when we have this conversation the other day and I said to her that I was waiting for one of her presents to be delivered, I was just a glance over to say, you're only ordering it now. And I'm like, yeah, it's before 25th. It's all good. Right. Fine. <laughs> right. It's not the 24th. Give me some credit. You know, <laughs> so, right. right. She communicated uh, everything with a look. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's that stare. Like, you know, the, right. She's you like, you know what it's me. like. They yeah. they sometimes they don't have to say anything. <laughs> they just have to look at you and you go, yeah, I get it. So the look says it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So look, for those of you that are, are listening to this podcast, uh, we obviously thank you for all your listens throughout 2021. And man, it feels weird saying that because we started so late in the year, but we do appreciate every single one of our listens. I know we say that every time, but it's not written down anywhere i've got nothing in front of me priming me to say it. it's because we do care um you know for those of you that listen that get in contact with the show to give us feedback you know it's it's all welcome and exactly why we do what we do um, and why we enjoy doing what we do so thank you for that and i hope everybody has a great holiday period whether you are celebrating christmas or hanukkah or whatever you may be doing over the next two weeks just having some time off it doesn't matter i hope you have a good time i hope that people stay safe and stay well obviously with everything we were talking about earlier um but yeah i think that wraps us up so as i said you will be hearing from us again uh, after christmas um that'll be your stocking filler uh and yeah until then we'll see you later so for me and jp bye bye